This is Eddie Delaseppi, and you're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Do you think you're the next Russell Peters? Why not find out by performing on our Amateur Night? Visit yuckyucks.com for information on how to sign up. Amateur Night is only available at participating Yuck Yucks clubs. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the show. Uh, we got a great show lined up for you today. Before I get into that, though, I want to check in and say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, uh, Happy Holidays, Shabbat Shalom. I don't know all the different, okay? I'm just pretending like I do. Um, happy Holidays, everybody. It is the Christmas week. I am recording this about a week before. I just finished uh, the Marita Lopez uh, podcast intro, and I'm I'm jumping onto this one. And uh, today is uh, is a fantastic show, not just because it's over the Christmas holidays. Um, we felt that you know what, there's so many people out there that is just like you know what, I don't want to listen to my goddamn aunt talk about uh, why Trump is a great candidate down in the United States all uh, over Christmas dinner. I want to like unplug, uh, maybe download an episode of something and listen to an interview. And maybe this is going to be it for you. This can be your getaway. This can be your salvation from having to deal with, uh, you know, all the in-laws and family and kids and people screaming and, and dog shitting and, and, you know, tinsel everywhere and all that type of crap. Maybe this can just be your getaway place. And and look no further because today is a is a is an interview that was uh, years in the making. People lost their lives to get this to happen. I'm I'm being facetious, but uh, no, today is a, is a really cool interview. Uh, I sit down with the very uh, very funny, very talented Mr. Donovan Deschner. Uh, and, and for, for people that, you know, are local in Calgary, cause I obviously, you know, I, I talk in that, in that respect because, uh, this is where I'm based out of, and this is where I, I know uh, the majority of comedians, uh, and, and on the local scene, Donovan is a very respected guy. Uh, he runs a room, uh, he, he has solid work in the entertainment business. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's a good dude. The problem I think is that I didn't know where I stood with Donovan because it, it, we never had friction. We just had this kind of awkwardness uh, where I don't think we were everly formally introduced. So we just kind of, you know, fell into this, Hey, how's it going, man? Type of thing. <laughs> whenever we saw each other and uh, I didn't get the vibe that he liked me very much. So I, I was a little reluctant uh, to, to reach out and say, you know what? Uh, hey man, we should do a podcast. Cause I, I was kind of, uh, in all my nerdness, I was a little bit worried of that. He would be like, you know what, dude? I, no. Okay. I got no fucking interest, man. Uh, that was my, <laughs> I mean, that would be worst case scenario was, was that Donovan would be, you know, telling me to fuck off and, and, uh, and, and he's not going to come and do the podcast. Uh, but that was my own stuff. It, we have it's such a small local community here of comics that everybody kind of knows each other. And if, and if maybe you don't know this person very well, chances are uh, another friend that you know is very close with that person. And that was the case with Donovan. I mean, he's been in the comedy scene here for a very long time. Like I said, he's very well respected and, uh, you know, a lot of people look up to him, uh, in this business. And, uh, so it, it, I don't know, it was just, it was kind of a weird scenario where, uh, I had so many friends be like, 
what? Like you, you, you don't know Donovan or like you guys haven't hung out. And I'm just like, nah, I don't, I don't know if he likes me. I don't think that, I don't know if we ever really talked before or really met. And so maybe this is all in my head. And this is like my Mark Marin moment where I'm going nuts and I'm, I'm examining everything. Uh, and, and so I just kind of backed off. I never really pursued anything. And, and so I had a lot of comics that were, like I said, there's mutual friends and they were like, dude, no, you like, I get along well with you. I get along well with Donovan. There's no reason why you two wouldn't get along. And so it was just this weird thing. And I mean, he's probably listening to this right now going, what the hell is this guy talking about? I never thought like that. Um, but I did, I don't know why I had this weird stuff going on in my head that maybe he just, uh, we just didn't, I don't know. He just didn't like me. So I just, like I said, I backed off and I went Marin and, and just completely, you know, was like, oh shit, I don't know how this is going to go. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, Donovan and I are, 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 are kind of BFFs now. That's kind of how that played out. Or be it. <laughs> no, not BFFs, but we definitely walked away friends. I felt like uh, like that was what we needed to uh to 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 do. Like I think that's what we needed to to get to that next step. Uh, in, in our, in our blossoming friendship, um, I really walked away, uh, genuinely, uh, really liking Donovan and being like, man, I could see going out and having a pint with this guy and just, and just bullshitting. We have great conversation, a very easy guy to talk to, very funny. And, uh, he's got his head on straight. It, it was, it was a very pleasant interview. Uh, and, and I, you know, I told him at the end, I was just like, it's just weird. Like I, just didn't know. And it, and that's what happens. I usually tell people now, like, it's not that we don't get along. It's just that we haven't had a beer together or we haven't gotten drunk together or we haven't, you know, spent an evening just bullshitting or whatever. Uh, that's usually what it is because I'm like, I know I'm a nice guy. I know that I've heard enough stories about Donovan that he's a nice guy and there's just no reason why two nice guys can't get along. So I'm glad we finally got to do this. And it, like I said, it was, it was not, I was not let down. Uh, what an absolute pleasure. Very funny guy. I spent half the interview just laughing at his stuff. Um, and, and, and continued success to, uh, to uh, Donovan. He is, uh, he's definitely a very funny comedian and he's got a very bright future in this business. Uh, and with that being said, let's go talk to him, everybody. I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, and everything else. I hope everyone is safe, happy, and and just and having a great time. It warms my heart. And uh, Happy Holidays to everybody out there. And thank you for listening to the show. It means a lot. Uh, let's go talk to my new friend, Mr. Donovan Deschener. Peachy Palmer. That appears to be a uh, a Tom Arnold with uh, a splash of peach schnapps. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Actually. I think they're just both golfers. <laughs> Is that actually true? I'm not a sports guy. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Arnold Palmer, right? Yeah. He was a uh, legendary. Is he dead? He, died recently. he just died, right? Yeah, he did. Maybe I'm thinking of a Tom Collins. Yeah, that's Tom what it was. Arnold, but Tom... he wasn't a golfer. <laughs> he wasn't a golfer. No. <laughs> Donovan Deschner on the podcast. Finally, we made this happen. It, we did, yes. We did. Thank you, sir, for it coming down and doing this, Thank man. you for, uh, for asking this me. This is great, man. This is great. It's been a long time. Uh, how are things, first off? Uh, they are well. Everything's good? Yeah, I'm a little... I, I had Chinese food uh, at the casino downstairs yeah. before coming up here, and I'm regretting not that uh, might... also bringing floss, because <laughs> uh, I feel like you can hear... 
just the remnant in my one tooth. Can you? Is <laughs> no, it, are these you're mics aren't that clear. good? No, you're I coming in. Pointed it out then. It's beautiful, man. Coming in clear. How are you? I, I'm you good, were saying man. You, uh, you just uh, threw yeah. down. Yeah, this I did. Last I did. I just uh, I did a podcast intro last night for the Yucks, uh, the one we dropped this morning, and. Uh, Told the entire story. I've got a great collection of stories of when I went out to Toronto, and uh, I wrapped up those ones last week, and then this week was the was the puke in, in Pender Harbor story, which oh. was, uh, I don't know how you guys do it, man. You, how long have you been doing comedy for? Uh, about 11 years. Holy shit. And, and you're, you're, I mean, I heard about you before I even got into comedy uh, in Calgary here. I mean, you've got a great reputation in town. You run the Red Carpet Comedy I do, yes. Yeah, that's a great, great place. I'm going to say great reputation. I need to. I, I don't talk to those same people, apparently. <laughs> You're way too humble, man. So I, I usually have years. like, oh, Don, he's nice if you get to know him. That's usually <laughs> the best I can hope for from most people. 11 years, man. Take me back. How did this all start for you? Like, how did you get into comedy? Uh, it started as basically a, a challenge to myself. I started as a magician. Uh, no I've been way. a magician since I was 10. Holy shit. Uh, that's not really a. I don't do it very much anymore, but right. like back then, it was like my main source of living, and I was like, "Hey, I wonder if I, I was like a comedy magician." So right. everybody's right. cringing now. If you ever seen it, uh, <laughs> there's not many good ones. I don't think I was one. Uh, and I just I saw some stand up comedy. A friend of mine that was also a magician did stand up, and I was like, "Hey, I wonder if I can be funny without a deck of cards." Wow. And so I uh, wrote my five, went and did it. Yeah. I was petrified. I squeezed the mic so hard. Where was it at? Where was uh, it it was at a club in Calgary called the Comedy Cave. Okay, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was like a row of cheerleaders in the front row, and that was like <laughs> the only audience they'd ever had on a Tuesday night there, I think. <laughs> like it was just, and it was very intimidating uh, to do that in the first place, and then let alone with these, you know, gorgeous people sitting up front. Right, right. And you're just very awkward. And like it, it surprised me, though, because I'd done stage. Like I'd been on stage. Yeah, you bunch of had confidence going A bunch up, of times, yeah. but it's just so different. And now, like, you hear it sometimes when people are like, they're actors or they're improvisers or something. They're like, how do you do stand up? Right, and like, right. It's only like 5% different. <laughs> There's just nobody else to blame when we do this. Yeah, exactly. So are you a Calgary guy? Are you, were you born and raised here? Where yes. were you? Really? Born and raised in Calgary. One of the very few left. One of the fewest. In this few city. Us, yeah. Wow. My, f- uh, my folks moved here. They're farmers. No well, way. Well, they were. They're right. not anymore. Right. That's not a thing that they do. I've never <laughs> driven a combine. Wow. Uh, so, they, yeah, they moved to Calgary to pursue greener pastures. Wow. And had me. and That's incredible. And now they're confused where I came from because they're like, you do what? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> How did you get it? That's crazy. Any brothers and sisters? One younger. One younger, yeah. He he did a bit more traditional. Like he went, like he's a machinist. Like okay, he has yeah, like, yeah. You know, a reputable job and yeah. a regular paycheck, and well, semi regular now. With was it <laughs> with was the it downturn or whatever we're calling it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it hard to sell your folks on that? Like, because I've had the same issue. I mean, I've had brothers that have been like in oil and gas, and just the security of having a job. And I think the part of the parents' perspective is like, I want to make sure my kids are secure and good for the rest of their lives. Did you have to, did you, was that any problem at all telling your parents, like, I'm going to go off the grid here a bit and do something a little bit more? Definitely. And it still sometimes continues to be a challenge when yeah. I bring up something new, like an opportunity. It's like, well, what does that pay? It's like, right. well, it's <laughs> the first thing they ask. It's, yeah, it usually comes down to, you know, how, how big of a check do I have to write? Like, right. is their <laughs> viewpoint. It's like, you don't have to do that anymore. I promise. But no, uh, you've got you've got a great career in comedy now, and we're going to get into that because I know you've got a lot of stuff going on. But uh, 
who was around on the scene back then when you first started out? Like, were there, were there people that you kind of came up with? There were kind of on the periphery. I basically did not leave the comedy cave for four years. Really? Because uh, it wasn't something your that, craft? like, it, like uh, this might sound strange. It's not something that I, like, dreamed of as a kid. Like, I'm going to be a comedian. Right, right. And I just kind of hung out there, and they just kept asking me to come back. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I'll just keep coming back. And right. I was like, oh, uh, and then somebody else saw me and was like, oh, how about we pay you to come do this? And that was like four or five years in. Wow. I basically didn't leave there, but I mean, Laurie Gibbs was around at the time, Karen O'Keefe, Amanda Brooke Perrin. Right. uh, Some of those uh, people, which was great. They've all, uh, well, I guess except Laurie. Yeah. Laurie's still in town. Yeah. Everybody else has left for I think Amanda, who is she, I think think Amanda just landed in LA, actually. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Interesting. And so, like, did that... I mean, like when you decided to 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 cross over into comedy, like more of the full time thing. Uh, I mean, for a lot of people that start off in this business, I mean, the security of the business is not always there. Not having a secure check every couple of weeks and and having that type of a life plan laid out for you was that. Uh, did that motivate you, or did that did that kind of scare you at all when you got into the business? It's scary, but I I trust myself more than anybody else, as egomaniacal right. as that is. So I didn't like the idea of handing the reins over. To anybody else i like right. the fact that it's my control and if i screw up it's totally on me it's kind of like on stage sure uh if you screw up it's on you as a stand-up anyways right uh so most of the time i know there's people oh but sometimes the audience is drunk yeah i know sometimes <laughs> the audience is drunk whatever <laughs> uh most of the time it's your fault but then on the other side of that you get to own all the successes too it's like right. oh i i did the great job and i can actually feel good about that i don't have to share that yeah with yeah, anybody yeah, yeah, else yeah. You're constantly challenging yourself, though. You you wrote, uh, a, a, if I remember correctly, it was like 250 minutes over a year. Uh, 260, 260 was the uh, okay. 260 minutes was the name of the project. Okay. Because uh, the goal was to do five new every week for a year. That's crazy. Uh, so 52 times five. Um, it uh, I, I did it. It happened. Right. I have to sometimes remind myself of that. That's such an incredible feat and accomplishment. Like, sometimes even now I'm sitting there thinking, like, I'm like tapped for ideas. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you did that before. It'll it'll come again. Right. That right. type thing. But it was, uh, yeah, it was very, uh, by the end of that run, I'll tell you, that year. What? was a little <laughs> <laughs> scraping the bottom what of that What was that barrel. process, though, for you like? I mean, like, wh- where did the where did the challenge come come from? Like, was it something that you just thought of, like, this would be a good challenge for me? Is it about the discipline of sitting down and writing? Did that did that form habits for you? Uh, it did. I'm certainly not as prolific as right. I was then. Uh, I think the main thing I learned out of that is that bombing doesn't have any impact really anymore like yeah, in front yeah. of a normal crowd i mean if you bomb a showcase or something that kind of lives with you but right. now if you know the people in red deer don't like me i'm not gonna lose you sleep over a it. wink of sleep <laughs> i think i probably would have before i did this project uh, where it came from though was a mixture of uh, frustration mm-hmm. uh i basically i like you, you get mad at the constant rejection or right. the agents you, you, don't, you don't think they're working for you or whatever and you're kind of like oh okay and then so instead of putting it on them i just put it on myself it's like right well if they're saying no maybe i should give them something to right. say yes to sure so i just started writing more and then it also came out of a conversation with uh with a friend because like now the n- normal thing is you know a new hour every year from some of the top level guys sure and I, I know that's tricky to do, but when you break it down, it's five new minutes a month. Right. For the amount of time and experience those guys have, it's I not too so. impressive. Or, like, it's not, that's not a huge amount of time. Five new minutes isn't a lot to expect. It's funny, though, when you, you put you it do. in that perspective. It's, yeah. Break it down into more manageable sure. goals. And, uh, and, yeah, you can judge the quality of that 
relative to their previous successes. But right. I, I, obviously, the five minutes you write that month aren't going to be those five minutes. Right. So I just expanded that out and said, well, let's try five minutes for every week. And then I could call that down. Right. Uh, and then I did. I took all the best of and I put it into my first full-length special. Wow. That's incredible, man. Wow. 260 minutes. It's funny, though, because like, like I've seen you do stand-up a number of times. And you've got such a... There's like a comfortableness that you have up on on stage that uh, that I don't see in a lot of other performers. You're very, you're very. It seems like you're very confident, but it's almost like a it's a it's a your your comedy is very witty, in the sense of like it, it's almost like you'll say jokes and then it kind of you could see it roll over the audience and people are like, oh okay that's I I got that now and, and it's your writing process. So like when you think of these jokes and you come up with material. Are, do you have to sit down and write that stuff? Is it observational? Is it because I know you talk about your dog, you talk about like a lot of crazy stuff. It's funny shit. Do you? Is it is it a discipline that you have to do every day to write? Do you have to? Do you come up with observational things? You just write it in your phone. How does that process work for you? Uh, for me, I'll notice something or see something, and I'll put it in my phone as a voice memo. Try to translate that later. Right. There's actually a big chunk in my special about not being able to translate some of my voice memos and. Right. Uh, any type of comedy, because obviously, if it if I can't remember it from the voice memo, it's it, not going to be. It wasn't worth it for right, <laughs> for you to use. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's a, I, a friend of mine in town, Jeff Kubik, always says that good comedy is if you can remember it. Right. If you forget it, it probably was worth forgetting, right. <laughs> <laughs> which is fair. So usually I'll have the idea, and then sometimes I uh, I just need to write something new. It's been too long before right. I've I've got a good idea in the phone. Yeah. Uh, so then I just have to go digging a little bit. Right. I have m more success when it, it occurs spontaneously and I write it out later. Sure. I usually walk around and talk it out. Right. Uh, but I'm about 50-50 on stuff that I like that comes out of that, like, force myself to, yeah. you know, yeah. oh, what the dog do recently? But then I, like, <laughs> have to, because I've had the dog for about a year now, mm -hmm. I think I've mined that right. <laughs> completely. <laughs> but it's still, I mean, she's still a puppy. Like, is she still doing things that drive me It's like a, a toddler. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. growing material for sure. Yeah, so I guess, I, you know, some of the guys, it's like, oh, my kid's two now. I guess I can't talk about her right. anymore. It's like, no, nah, you probably still could. So. <laughs> I just think that the people in town are sick of hearing of it. I'm like, yeah, your dog's cute. What, I don't give, just talk about something else. Who cares? <laughs> Let's segue into the dog thing because you do a show or you you host a show if I'm not mistaken, Super mm -hmm. Dogs. I do, yeah. I'm one of the hosts for Dude, the that's a, that's one of my favorite President's shows. Choice Super Dogs. It's a lot of fun to do. How did you get into this? Uh, again, it just kind of randomly happened. Another friend of mine is one of the uh, producers and like the creative director of right. the company. They came through town uh, two years ago now, like two summers ago, I guess. Sure. And uh, they needed somebody to help with merchandise. Right. And uh, so I started working merchandise, selling stuffed dogs. And right. then within two weeks, I was hosting shows up wow, in Edmonton because uh, they found out about my background and yeah. gave me a shot here in Calgary and started touring me around. And so yeah. now I'm one of the official uh, hosts. One of the official hosts. Yeah. Wow. What is like what? Because you guys go all, all over the country. Uh, we do all over in North America. North in, America. In my tenure. Yeah. Holy shit. So like, and you guys get some big, big crowds that turn turn out there. Yeah, we have quite the. It's kind of like comedy, like uh, where you get like quite the spectrum because right. you'll go from in comedy, you'll go from like the bar and Red Deer for forty people, right? And then next, you're opening at a theater for fifteen hundred, right? Uh, it's kind of the same. We did a, a, a summer tour this, or my summer tour this year had sh like outdoor shows. Right. In small town Saskatchewan for a couple hundred people a time. Wow. By the time we get to Toronto, uh, there's 3,800 seats in our oh, theater. 
And the one that was happening in Vancouver at the same time had right. one show with like 10,000. Like wow. It's just a different wow. scale. That's incredible. Yeah. I don't perform as myself, though. That's the only right, like, right, It's right. not like my credit. Like, <laughs> like, it's, always a, it's always a pun, which I would be a little uncomfortable <laughs> saying on this, I must say. Just a little. What was the Calgary comedy community like for you coming up as someone who's been in this business for like 11 years, man? I mean... Obviously, like it's it's funny because, it, and I'm going to kind of use this as a parallel, but but uh, I've talked to some people, and like new people coming up, and they're like, oh well, they're like my experience is that there's been certain clicks in local comedy where some people hang out with other people, and other people hang out with other people, and my general feeling is that I think a lot of comedians, and please if you can maybe take this further, but my my take on it is that a lot of people come into this business and not everybody wants to invest in a relationship or a friendship if they don't think that person's going to stick around for a long time like it kind of like comics kind of come in and they try it out and it's like people get accepted once they see that they're not going to quit they keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back what was your experience like coming up in the I mean, like once people like were people friendly to you when you first started? Were people like you know supportive, and were the people that you could like look up to and kind of hang out with? Uh, there were certainly people that were like my peers that started about the same time. Like I right. mentioned earlier, that you know we hung out and got to know each other and sure. kind of learned from each other. Right. Uh, there were people that I certainly looked to as good examples of success, and some that I looked at as I never want to become <laughs> that. <laughs> I have like my, my own little morality fables walking around. At shows, like, oh, nope, not that one. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> oh, that one might work. Like, like that's sort of... That's sort of right, thing. right. And uh, I, I think I started to discover, like, everybody's own little, like, as unique as our sets are. Sure. It's really interesting that I always, I think that uh, comedians tend to lament this. Like, we all strive for this originality and individuality on stage. Right. But then when it comes to our careers, we all want the exact same path. Sure. And that's weird. Like, why would you want your own original right, uh, right. take on it? Uh, Do you so. think that there's a formula for that? Do you think that you have to ultimately move down to the States? Do you have to move to, like, an L.A. or New York to to realize everything that you want to do? I think that that might have to happen. Right. I, it hasn't been a necessity for me yet. I'm right. still happy here. I have yeah, yeah. The, the wife and the dog, and yeah. everything's good. I host a dog show in the summer, and... Uh, do comedy in the winter it's fine for me for now right uh i, d- I don't really know what the next step is for me i'm kind of trying to figure that out like because you a get a idle. lot of yeah because you get a lot of people that are you know obviously in the business that that dispel advice and, and some of it is sage and some of it is, is absolute shit but it always seems to be move to a larger market go to toronto go to new york go to la and i i like the fact that not everybody subscribes to that philosophy and, and is that something that that you i mean obviously you've been here for 11 years you've carved out a nice career for yourself um you got a great reputation your comedy is great uh, do you think you can maintain that here forever or do you think that there's a certain level you want to get to that is going to make you have to do that i think eventually you have to make a, a significant change right i i think this is advice that kind of holds over from like at a time when the internet wasn't as wasn't a thing sure. like this is advice yeah. from the 80s and 90s where if you wanted to be noticed in la right uh you had to go to la and you had to slog it out right now if you have a youtube hit go viral anywhere in the world mm-hmm. la comes to you new york comes to you i right. know that's rare and i'm not saying that i i'm thinking that's going to happen to me right right but i don't th- i think the world's so much more smaller that you don't need to make those those big, big moves yeah. as uh as uh, seriously, like as, right. as like it's not a it's not a need anymore. It's right. nice to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. That said, who knows? In ten years, you might ask me again, and I could be like, "Oh, shoulda, <laughs> shoulda gone to New York, man. <laughs> this is bullshit." Or I'm loving L.A. right now, man. It's dynamite down here. That also could be the answer. <laughs> Do you ever look to get into? Obviously, you're you're a dynamite writer. Do you look into uh, eventually getting into stuff like TV or movies or you know writing that stuff and. I love uh, sitcoms. I right. really do, but not like modern sitcoms. I love. What are some of your favorites like, that you're like, like Seinfeld? Yeah, uh, and like not good ones either. Like yeah, Friends, yeah. Frasier. Like I just that's what I grew up on. Right, so I have right. this like weird nostalgic love for that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, that's something I ever could write. Like all that, all those different voices and everything. Right, right. Like I don't know if you've ever done this. Like you, you, you have like a great tag for somebody. And you're like, oh, this is be the funniest thing ever. And they try it on stage a bunch, and it just turns to ash <laughs> in their mouth. And you're like, oh, right, it's because I, right, you need to give me the rest of the joke uh, in order for me to use that tag, because otherwise it won't work. But then the joke goes to ash in my mouth. Like, so I haven't figured out how to write for other voices. It's, but yet. it's so it's so interesting though, because I I recently marathoned Seinfeld just to go back and watch like the seven eight seasons of it, and I'm just like blown away. It's somehow like I think when I was growing up, I don't think I recognized the genius of it until I went back and watched it again. And I thought, man, these are so like well crafted. It almost like I didn't almost like I have this weird thing where I don't want shows to end because I don't I'm so attached to the characters that I almost put off the season finales. I'll put off, you know, watching the final episode because I'm like, I don't want to say goodbye to these people. That's fair. I yeah. I kind of view it the same way. I like it when it ends nicely, though. Yeah. Like these, like what's Big Bang Theory on now? Right, like, right. oh boy, that's <laughs> that's got to be rough to be in that writer's room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you're reaching we, bottom of the barrel. That was like me at the end of 260. <laughs> you, you're just looking at everything. Oh, like what? Oh, the oh, golf pencils. Can we do an? Can we do something on golf pencils? Got a Anybody? solid five on pencils. Anybody? You're all fired. We'll hire new people. Like. I, I, Oh, man. Who are some of your heroes in this business? When you think of ultimate success, I mean, some people, you know, they talk about people like Louie. They talk about Seinfeld. They talk about, you know, some of the greats. Uh, do you have heroes in this business? Or, or is it is it something for you where, where you're in this business and you just have a certain amount of respect? Or, or is there are there people that you look up to that you consider that? I certainly have, like, regular respect for all of those mm -hmm. people. I the more that I'm, I'm in this, the more I realize that they were where I am. Sure, and they're pretty much similar. Yeah, yeah. In that regard, there's kind of that I don't know honor among thieves, I guess, right. mentality to it. I there's certain people that I would certainly want to emulate, but I, it's not necessarily like the money or the fame that I'm after. It's <laughs> like, oh, that's a really good career. Like if they made a, a living at it and they right. have good jokes that like comics and the public respect i'm like yeah. okay that's what i want to be like yeah if i can pay bills and not be famous i'd be perfectly fine yeah that said fame might be better <laughs> would w wouldn't hurt and it might wouldn't hurt no i don't well it might i don't know maybe <laughs> that's maybe true I it could. being able to go to a coffee shop and not have anybody talk to me yeah actually i do prefer that <laughs> i barely like talking to the server Try to be friendly. Yeah, <laughs> forget about it. Huh? No, I, got, I got too much to do. I don't have the time. Oh man, what's up next for you? What, what what's the play? How far ahead do you plan? I mean, I know you've got obviously a lot of stuff that you got going on 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 the daily, but but uh, when you look to the future, what do you aspire? Do you do you want to do? Are you, you know, theater shows across North America? Do you want to do clubs? Do you want to? What's your happy place? I am most happiest in any venue where the audience is there for comedy. Right. And I think that's a fairly 
low bar to set, but yeah. it's tough to hit some days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like so, in in a theater, they're great. In a comedy club, where they're like they know what to expect. Right. Uh, not uh, sometimes you get in a comedy club and they're just like pulled in off the casino floor and like <laughs> next door at the away. restaurant. Like, come right. on, come on in. There's a show. We gotta <laughs> we gotta make it look like there's people. It's like, oh, that's not the best. As long as they're like listening and somewhat attentive, I can. You're happy. I can have, I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly, I would love to do theater runs and right. actually sell tickets uh, yeah, yeah. actually put butts in seats yeah uh th- that's that's like the big th- that's the big long term like okay let's figure out how to get there right kind of like we were talking about with 260 breaking it up into those small chunks i don't know what the next little chunk is right that's still something i'm kind of looking for like 260 was was great for me and then the special was great and now i'm just in this like weird i don't know what to do next yeah uh, i'm gonna i the other day i was i was walking around i was like i should just do 260 again and i was like no that's <laughs> I don't want to put myself through that. I, I I think I would if if I could find like a spin on it that made it different. Right, like I've right. already shown that I can do that. Yeah. I don't need to do that again. Prove yourself I, again in that. Yeah, respect. even just to myself. Like, sure. I'm just like, oh, I know that you can accomplish that. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to look for the next thing. I don't know what it is yet. Right. Uh, so if you have any ideas, let me know. I'll feel. <laughs> I'll them. slide them over to you. <laughs> Please email in your suggestions <laughs> for my next thing to do. Uh, as far as uh, the local comedy scene, I mean, you've been around the country uh what's your take on the calgary comedy scene is it uh, is it one day going to be a force to be reckoned with is it growing is it established uh, what's your take locally here i think it is the same as everywhere else just yeah. a different ratio of scale right I, I hear all these like conversations about like oh that scene's this way and oh this is different and they're bitchy and they're nice and they're supportive and they're not and yeah i think that that's just colored by whoever is telling you that story yeah, of yeah. what's going on. Because as an outsider going to some of these scenes, you look around and you're like, oh, no, y- you see the same sort of archetypes of new comedians. Right. Uh, you know, the guys that might one day be great and the people that will never be and the people yeah. that cling on and there's way past they, their, their time, all that sort of stuff is right. the same. Which when you go to, like, Calgary's not big by any stretch right. of the imagination. So when you go to, like, Vancouver or Toronto, it's just all that multiplied by right. by five and by six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't think it's any terribly different. Because everybody gets into this business for similar reasons. Like, I think the right. start is always kind of the same. Yeah. And so that, that like, local scene is driven by that in, in right. a way. Like, that's where everything begins. Sure. So I guess you might get a little bit more... Diverse, not diversity. That's not the the right word. You might get a bit of differences where in like a center like Vancouver, Toronto, where people move to, right? Because they're bringing all their yeah, yeah. other stuff from their hometown into that yeah setting. Uh, but you're talking about like people hanging out with cliques and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like that's I I don't know. That's just life. That's just normal. Yeah, yeah. it's not like high school where you're mean to right, the other right, people. It's right. just like oh, they're you know I'm not gonna go have a beer with this person. Yeah, we're just you know forced by chance, <laughs> just because we like the same thing. Exactly, into <laughs> right. this car for eight hours. <laughs> oh, great! Now I'm going to learn about you. Two different questions: What do you love about comedy, and what do you hate about comedy? What do you hate about the business? I uh, well, I love uh, that I can do whatever, basically whatever I want to do as long as it is funny. Right. That's the only condition. Yeah. Uh, and I love that uh, I get to spend time figuring out what I think is funny as well. I think right. that's uh, entertaining because I, I don't know that I've actually fully put my finger on that yet. Right. Uh, so that, that's a fun journey. Uh, what do I hate about it? Uh, the whining. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that like, like people that don't feel like they're getting their just desserts or, or their uh, their uh, 
what they feel that they should be entitled to. Yeah, I like, think there's a certain level of entitlement in this in this business for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of like showing up yeah. and okay, I'm here. <laughs> let the phone ring. <laughs> and it's like there are hundreds yeah. at your level, if not more, yeah. depending on you know how far along you are. Is that is and that part of the is that? And I don't want to say millennial because I think you and I are. Pro- how old are you? I'm 31. 31. Okay. So, like, is that is that part of that that I don't know if it's necessarily a generational thing, but but uh, there's a certain level of entitlement I think that comes with it, and I think that there's a certain level of uh, of like a rush. I mean, you've put years into this business. You've honed your craft. You you sculpted what you wanted to say on stage. And there's some people that I feel that show up and are just like. I just want to be heard and I want to get up on stage and I don't really care necessarily about taking the time to do that. Do you think that there should be, is there, is there a certain lack of respect for the business that you think that some people come into it with? I think that that's the same. I, I, everybody likes to personalize like, oh, it's my business and nobody takes it seriously. Right. But why should they? It's not their business. Right, right. And they also, you don't know. Like when you start in comedy, you don't see the the writing that goes into it and the countless bombs and the and the right. work. You just see headliners on stage uh, destroying. Right. It gets even worse when you don't really go to like comedy clubs. If you come into comedy and you've only ever seen specials and listened to CDs, right. well, now you've seen like an edited best of best. Right. And so you come in and you're like, oh, that's what it is, and that's what I can do. And it just, right. you just have to get up there and start talking. And it's yeah. this, this ultimate lie that we, you believe when you start, because if you didn't, you'd be delusional. Probably would never. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I- if you d- if you weren't delusional, you never would have started. But I, <laughs> you, just, you just would you would not stick around. But it's when you're subjected with this other evidence that uh, that you that it does take work and it is hard and, it yeah. and there's a lot of failure along the way and there was a lot of no. Right. And I guess it's that reaction when you hear no. What what is your is it their fault or your fault? Right. Right. And when it's their fault, then you're you're done. Like yeah. there's no place to grow. There's no room to learn. You're 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 screwed. Right. The more I can make it my fault, the 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 happier I've been. Right. Just like oh no, okay, they've said they've said no. Great, I need to fix something. That's right. fine. Yeah. Somebody else got it for their own reasons. Sure. Uh, so I think that's the thing I hate is that people sit back. Uh, you know, they're drinking at eleven o'clock on a Monday. Right. Which is fine. I do that all the time too. Sure. But th- but then they don't do anything on Tuesday morning <laughs> to actually change <laughs> the trajectory their of yeah. Like yeah, I said, yeah. like two sixty came out of that was just like oh okay I'll do something. My right. special came out of that I'll do something, uh, rather than just sitting back and waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah, that's such a great uh, attitude to have about it though. That's uh yeah, that's a great thing, man. Um, where can people find you, Donovan? I know that you're uh, you've got uh, I, I've seen you on Twitter. You've got uh, in fact I, I should follow you on Twitter. Uh, where can people find you, though? You've uh, got a great website. DonovanDeschner.com. Okay. If you can spell that. Yes, I will put the you. link up on there for sure. Uh, uh, that links to everything else. I'm new to Instagram. I'm trying to figure out Instagram. Okay. I don't know what to do <laughs> What to put? Yet. What the hell to put up there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... it's um, it seems like there's a lot of platforms for just a lot of the same shit. Yeah, like uh, the thing I still don't understand about Instagram is people taking a picture of their Facebook status and posting that <laughs> on Instagram. I don't I just saw that yesterday. Like, and I know how old that makes me sound. Like these kids today, I'm sure I don't know. I just, I just don't understand why right. you would do that. Like the yeah. point, like you're putting a vignette on your Facebook <laughs> post. I don't understand why this that happens. You should be writing this stuff down. This is uh, good. <laughs> well, good thing we're recording it. Exactly. You can send me the file. Uh, like, yeah. So like that confuses me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm still trying to figure out how to make that yeah. my own. Right now. 
now it's mostly just me taking photos of my friends on stage right when they're doing a good job yeah yeah oh and some pictures i of saw my some the other night actually i think you took one of ben cannon yeah, I had Ben Cannon, uh, Chris and Griffin, Griffin, and yep. Marito Lopez, and Marito. That's uh, right. They were on a show here at Calgary X. Yep. Uh, they all had great sets, so I, I took some snaps of that. Awesome. And uh, they're, they're, so their careers are pretty much made now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, oh, my dog also has a uh, an Instagram. Instagram account. Yes, I nice. think my dog has more followers. Than I, I think you know what I've seen this happen uh, before, where dogs go viral. Man, she's a one-year-old corgi. I don't, how can you it's not? Fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she's not even huge. She has like sixty, and that's still more <laughs> than I have. Which I'm not. I'm not taking. Personal. You're not going to take personal. Yeah, yeah. We make it look like she posts, but I'm going to break the fourth wall. She sure doesn't post. She's not that smart of a dog. <laughs> Let me ask you. Two last questions here, and I know that we're we're running up on time, but um, I recently introduced a new segment of this called uh, "It's Like My Oprah's Masterclass," and and I, I think you definitely fit into that category. And it's just talking to comedians who have been in this business for a while, uh, who know what they're doing. And uh, uh, obviously, there's a lot of young comedians that listen to this show. There's a lot of people that are coming up uh, in the business and trying to learn the business and know where to put their feet. Um, if you could dispel advice for young comedians. Uh, you know, obviously the 260 project was something that isn't normally done. Obviously, I've never heard of anybody else doing that. There's a lot of comedians that are constantly worried about writing new material every week, every week, every week. Uh, and then some of the old rule of thumb for comedians was that you get your five or you get your ten and you work it to death. You refine it. You. What is your advice for young comedians coming up in this game? I wish I knew what to tell them. <laughs> It's probably the most honest advice ever. <laughs> I started at a very different time and a different like I started at a time when that older advice was still pretty much true. Like right. you saw these guys with their their show was like an asset. Right. Where they they had you know, their forty five and it was on the shelf and they pulled it off the shelf. Right. And they just did it all the time. And yeah. that worked for a number of years. Now, like the audiences are because of all these great comics doing all this great work, right. the, the expectation is very different. Sure, I, I would say it really depends on the comic and what you need to accomplish. When you, I, I would say once you get that first five and you know works mm -hmm. and you have that ready to go and always ready to go back to it. Right. I think there's a. I think that there's still something of the first set in almost every comics act, whether it's an idea or a concept or sure. a take or something. Uh, but have that ready to go when you have to be showcasing when you have right. to be good and when you don't have to be good just start to get used to not just get used to that bomb i right. wish i got more used to bombing earlier in my career right i right. think i'd be further along maybe i don't know and this is all just right. guesses at this point yeah uh so I, I think once you get your five and ten have that ready to go and and keep it as fresh as you can right but then don't rest on that right. uh, uh, like, uh you, you see that happen you see that happen i guess more like from middle to headliner Sure. You see some people in like the middle spot, they get their 30 or 35, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and then they're like, okay, now it's just a matter of time before that becomes 45, and it's right. like, no, you're just, you're talking slower. Right. Like, it's not <laughs> you're dragging these bits out. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not, you're, there's more riffing and like all that stuff, which is fine to do if that's what you do. Right, right. But if it's just, you, this like an inevitability and it's not. Right. Uh, so I think it's just finding that balance that works for you that keeps you interested as well. Yeah. I Like that's the part that boggles my mind is how people are doing the same thing for that long. Right. Like, even as a new comedian, everything's new and coming at you. It's yeah. like, oh, what? how are you not bored of it after yeah, yeah. two months? Right, right. Like, just wouldn't you have something else to do? I guess you don't have as much stage time. Maybe that's a part of it. But 
I, yeah, you see these old, like older comics that have been doing jokes for decades. Yeah, yeah. I would, I'd be an accountant by that. Yeah, point exactly. Now. I'd be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I, 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 I gotta have something change. Yeah, day something's to day. gotta evolve eventually. That's crazy, man. That's that's definitely true. Was that at all helpful? That I feel was like very it helpful. Wasn't at all. I <laughs> feel was, like I was, was just like was maybe, <laughs> but no, I don't know. I don't want people quoting me. I, don't I think know it I was, was good. Okay. I think it was solid right. advice, man. Uh, last question for you: uh, If uh, it, it, for for new comedians, young comedians coming into the game, uh, what would you dispel advice wise uh, for them to? Uh, I don't necessarily mean fit in to the scene. But there's certain a code of, of probably ethics and etiquette that you should have a certain like I know like I, I started doing stand up uh, to find out, you know, when I was doing the podcast, kind of like what you guys went through. So I took six months and I tried out comedy and I, I, I think I got a whole new respect for it because I knew it wasn't going to be something I wanted to do. Uh, but it was something I wanted to try and certain something certainly something I wanted to have a different appreciation for. And, you know, the different you know, trials and tribulations that you got. And, of course, this is, you know, all squeezed into a six month to a one year period. So it's nothing, obviously, to, to speak to the testament of what you guys are going through. But but uh, if if people I mean, I know you said earlier, you got to be delusional to get into the business. But but I mean, uh, for young comics coming in, uh, what would you say to them? Is there? Do you look at certain things as being disrespectful or etiquette-wise, like people that come in? Because I know a lot of you know young cats will come in and they just expect certain things, or they, you know, uh, they go to comedy Monday night and it's like, oh yeah, uh, can I just jump on really quick or whatever? Like there's a certain there's a certain like I heard Kenny Robinson talk about this uh, about a week ago where he, where he was saying like if I said yes to everybody that wanted to come to my room and and do a spot, I'm I'm basically telling I'm, I'm basically telling everybody for the last five years that i said you're not ready yet uh basically to fuck off like uh, you know those people are the ones that i should be giving a spot to now because they put the time in uh is there a certain amount of time that you should put in before you uh start getting those spots or or is it is it like a constant involvement you know hit your open mics hit your you know your your stuff every week or is it like make way and respect the people that have kind of forged the path before you I am going to wishy-wash on this one, too, <laughs> because the internet will <laughs> have its reaction, and that's that's the reason I pretty much just post pictures of other people on my phone, because I don't want to get into these sorts of big debates. Uh, let me try to uh, come at that answer. Uh, respect is earned. Sure. But I think a lot of like very, very new people right. don't actually take any time to figure out who they should be right. respecting and emulating and who sh they should be ignoring. Right. I think that I, as delusional as you are, if you can come in with just a little bit of humility right. and just a little bit of like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Sure. I'm going to just check this out as much as I can. Some right. of the, like, my good friends, uh, we're friends because for a long time before they got up on stage, they went to open mics every week and they just watched just the yeah. dynamics and they didn't like they didn't ask for time they didn't even introduce themselves they paid a ticket price they did right. everything that scares comics sure that's five bucks for yeah, yeah or whatever then they like and they actually kind of took it in before they stepped back right i think that, that or before rather they stepped on stage i think the problem with that though is is that you need that like energy to to, <laughs> to work yourself up right to get on stage the sure. first little while you have yeah, to yeah. think that you are the best thing that's ever happened right so I, I guess maybe just reset expectations when you're first starting like it's not going to be 
It's not going to be next week that HBO phones. <laughs> it's going to be 20 years yeah. from now. <laughs> That's good advice, man. In every case. <laughs> but d- that doesn't mean that you didn't want it any less. Like, if you right. want all that fame... Uh, my buddy Trent just told this story about, oh, I think it was like Dane Cook's manager or something. Mm-hmm. And the manager said, uh, you know, if you, if I told you that tomorrow you're going to wake up and be selling out theaters and making millions of dollars and touring the world and making people laugh, would you, would you take that, that deal? Right. Of course, yes, they would. Sure. What if I told you it's going to take 15 or 20 years of hard work? Right. Oh, I don't know about that. Right. That's not worth it anymore. So exactly. I, think, I think just reset expectations a little bit at the beginning yeah. and you can be a bit more... When 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 you don't get that phone call, yeah, the week after your first set, you don't have to feel bad about it. Right, You're right. Like, oh no, yeah. I wasn't going to come anyway. <laughs> I wasn't special. Are you? Exactly. <laughs> I was just like everybody else. That but started. I think that's like the that's the fucking mania about this business is like you know my first amateur night, I walked off the stage and like I'm ready for my Netflix special, folks. You know what I mean? There's a certain oh, yeah. false sense of security that you get, or, or false sense of uh, achievement that you get. Because of accolades, because people come up and half the time it's your family and your friends and they're all, you know, patting you on the back. And then, you know, a week later you're doing it in Red Deer and no one fucking laughs at anything you say. No, why would they? I <laughs> think that's, that's why, like, I don't uh, – I think a reason I have a, a reputation of being the way that I am you, – you've, you've whitewashed it in this. Uh, <laughs> what is the reputation? It's, it's just, you know, a little, a little mean, a little rough around the edges. Um <laughs> Uh, not very kind, and it's because I, I don't believe in platitudes. I don't. Right. If you did not do a good job, I'm not going to tell Kiss you that you did a good job. It, right. it doesn't mean I'm going to say it was a terrible job. Like sure. I'll just say nothing. Right. But they view that nothing as me being standoffish. Right. Right. And everything, because just because I don't know what to say, because I think the worst thing you can do to somebody, especially in like an artistic endeavor, is boosting and, and the platitude. Like if somebody right. comes off the stage after bombing and you say, "Hey, good, good work." Yeah. You've just rewarded behavior. That doesn't that need shouldn't to be, be rewarded. reinforced. Yeah. Like when my dog takes a dump on the floor, <laughs> I don't give it a treat. <laughs> but Absolutely. I also don't punish it. I right. just let the. I right, just, right. When, he, when she takes a dump outside, then I give her the then treat. The, yeah. So yeah, when yeah. you actually have a good set, then I'll say, yes, that was a good, right. good set. Right. But it takes a long time to get to some of these like honest sort yeah. of compliments. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's also why those like. Uh, I think that's why those platitudes are so cruel is because it sets people down on a wrong path. And right. Like, oh, like, and they feel bad. I know it feels terrible. I get it. It's right. like, oh, it's the worst right. when you've screwed up royally. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, like I said, it, it, that makes it all the better when you it do. goes well. It goes well. Yeah. Oh, Donovan, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm glad we got to uh, finally sit down and take the time to do this. Me too. Thank and, you so and much. It's uh, great advice and, and uh, great, great story, man. Thank you for doing this. You're very welcome. Thank Appreciate you. All right, folks, and there you have it, the interview with Mr. Donovan Deschner. I told you it would not disappoint, and I always uh, come through with my promises, folks. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Donovan, for doing this. I look forward to uh, to grabbing a pint with you one of these days, my good man. Uh, on behalf of myself and the entire crew here at Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer Kira Williams, webmaster Camille Argue, and of course uh, her wonderful husband Mr. Lane Argue, who lays down all the acoustic tracks for this uh, wonderful podcast of course yours truly thank you for listening and have a merry merry Christmas and happy holidays folks uh, much love from the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast I'm excited we're going to do 2017 I can't wait talk soon kids <laughs> <laughs>